Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Howard. I am the campus pastor for the Alvin campus. So I want to welcome in all my awesome folks from A-Town. You guys be nice to Pastor John today. Uh, I want to welcome in everybody from the Webster campus, the Friendswood campus, everybody joining us online and everybody right here at 288. Man, it is great. Great, great to be here with you today. Now, if you've been here with us the last few weeks, you know that we are in a series titled Now You Know. And here is what we know so far. Week one, Pastor John talked about how to know that you know that you're saved. And we do that when we know who God is, when we're honest about who we are, and we realize that we need to accept what he has done for us through his son, Jesus. Uh, Week two, Pastor Jeremy said that we need to know obedience. We talked about how we all sin and all fall short, every single one of us, but God's forgiveness never ends, thank the Lord, and how we need to, he had this this great illustration of how we need to end our friendship with our sin. End our friendship with our sin. And last week, Pastor Mike talked about how we can know love, how we're called to love one another, how God is love, and and how we're to put his agape love, that serving love, that selfless love, into action. And this week, we're talking about how we can know power, specifically the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So to begin with, let me say this. I have spent the majority of my life in church. Uh, I didn't start going to church till I was in my early 20s. So for those of you that are good at math, you know that means I'm, I'm pretty old. But, uh, but, you know, perhaps like me, there's many of you that have spent a lot of time in church and would still have difficulty understanding the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now here at New Hope, we, we believe in and we teach the Trinity, a triune God, one God existing eternally in three parts, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But for a long time for me, and, and maybe it's been the same for you, um, didn't really understand who the Holy Spirit was or what the Holy Spirit was supposed to do. So think about that. That's one third of the Godhead. And I'm unclear about who he is and what he does. God the Father, man, we can wax poetic about creation and how he designed this world and everything we'll ever see and sent his son, God the Son, Jesus, came to this earth, lived in human form, was without sin, yet died a sinner's death to pay our sin debt. And uh, once we accept what he's done, once we accept his sacrifice and call him Lord, then we're saved. But the Holy Spirit, he... um, he, uh, uh, that's the way I feel sometimes. Fast forward to today, when I study the Bible, I find that the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary. In fact, say that with me. Absolutely necessary. Necessary and essential to live the God life that God has called us to live. And here's the deal. God wants to fill us. He wants to fill us, wants to fill his children with his Holy Spirit so that we can live a life that pleases him, a life that brings him glory. And that's what we're talking about today. 
So if you have just joined us in the last week or so, uh, you missed Pastor John explaining it in week one, let me bring you up to speed a little bit about the book of 1 John, all right? That's the main text for our series where most of us are working out of. And 1 John is a letter that was written to believers in the church, in the church, because they begun to be influenced by people outside of the church. So you have these false teachers coming around. They're telling believers, hey, you don't know everything you need to know about your faith. And so people who claim to follow Christ now begin to question their relationship with God and, and even begin to question their own salvation. So John writes this letter and ultimately to us, thank the Lord, to give us the assurance that we can know that we know. We can know that we know our faith is real. We know that we know our faith is real. Week one, if we confess Jesus is Lord. We know that we know our faith is real. Week two, if we walk in obedience as Jesus walked. We know that we know our faith is real. Week three, if we love one another as Jesus called us to love. Today, John gives us one more indicator of faith, and we find it in 1 John 4, 13. It says this, we know, gnosko, that we live in God and he lives in us because he gave us his spirit. So week four, we know that we know our faith is real when we live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important to understand who the Holy Spirit is. And if I had to guess, I would say that more people would feel much more comfortable trying to explain God the Father or what Jesus has done for us than rather than what the Holy Spirit does for us. In fact, I think some people, when they think about the Holy Spirit, they might get an image kind of like this. He's some kind of ghost guy and he freaks me out a little bit, but he's really, really nice and he wants to be my friend. Or maybe it's something like this. You know, you got the devil on one side, you got the Holy Spirit on the other. Devil's tempting us to do the wrong thing. Holy Spirit's trying to convince us to do the right thing. And there's some people I think that don't think of the Holy Spirit at all of a, like a person. He's more like the force in, in Star Wars, you know. It's the whole, these are not the droids you're looking for, you know, that whole deal. But the Spirit isn't any of those things. The Spirit is a person, and the Spirit is God. One-third of the Trinity, just like God the Father, just like God the Son. And when we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, to help us on our faith journey. And this was so important for John's audience to understand because John knew that not every spirit was from God. In fact, listen to what John wrote in chapter four, starting in verse one. He says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but what? Look at that. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. So in this beginning of chapter 4, John sends a very strong warning to his audience. And the warning is this. Just because somebody sounds spiritual doesn't mean that they are listening to the right spirit. Have you been around somebody like that before? People just throwing crazy stuff out there. But because they sound really holy, we feel pressure that we're supposed to believe them. That's why we're called to test the spirits 
to see whether or not they are from God. And John says the litmus test for knowing whether or not someone has the Holy Spirit in them is that someone who has the Holy Spirit in them will always, 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 always acknowledge who Jesus is. Look at verses 14 and 15. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. The right spirit will always acknowledge that Jesus is the one and only Son of God, the one and only Savior of the world, the one and only way to heaven. And those who don't, are those that tell you that, yeah, that's a good start, but you also have to do this or believe this or do that or believe that. Those are not from God. Those are not from God. So if you are here today and you profess Jesus is Lord, that is an indicator that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Having said that, it is possible to have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you're not yet in sync with the Holy Spirit. It's possible to have the Holy Spirit living in you and you're not yet fully surrendered to his leading. It's possible to have the Holy Spirit living in you and not fully experience his power. And so my prayer is that as we talk about the Holy Spirit, that each and every one of us will begin to sense his presence and know that we know his power, that we know his power. Now, John doesn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit in this book of 1 John. So I want to go to a conversation that John had with Jesus about the Holy Spirit. Now, we find this conversation in John's gospel in, in chapter 16. Now, before we read it, set in, the, set in the context a little bit. Last time I was here, if you remember, we talked a whole lot about what we call the upper room discourse. It's where Jesus gathered his disciples together that last night before he was arrested and all of that. And he's teaching them and he's giving them great stuff. In this particular instance, he's telling them that he's not going to be here for very long. He's trying to help them to understand that, that his time on earth will be ending soon and he's going back to heaven. And as he's explaining this, he gives them this incredible promise. He says, after I go, my father will send someone else to be with you. He will be a counselor, a spirit of truth to help you. Look at John 16, 7. He says, but it is actually, I love this, best for you. It is actually best for you that I go away because if I don't, the counselor won't come. But if I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. I have to admit this. I always thought it would be super cool if I could go through life having Jesus with me like the disciples did right? Like they did everything together. I could just be hanging with Jesus. Hey, you know, Jesus, that's my guy. Woo. You know, they went everywhere together. They traveled together, did ministry together. So we could be like in the car and the car breaks down and Jesus goes poof and he fixes it. That would be amazing. Or we could be having a Super Bowl party and it gets out of control and thousands of people there and I'm running out of pizza and nachos and he goes in the kitchen, does this God stuff with it and all of a sudden, all of a sudden everybody's full and we got baskets of food left over. Or if I was going to be, you know, doing something I shouldn't do, like stepping over that line, he just gave me that look like. I'd be like, man, I probably better not do that because Jesus is right here with me. 
I just thought that would be awesome. What could be better than that? But Jesus said, this will be best for you. Best for you that I go. Why would it be best? Why would it be best? Because Jesus knew the spirit wouldn't just be with you. The spirit would be in you. And if the spirit is in you, then he can empower you in a way that Jesus could not. In fact, listen to what Jesus says a little later in Acts 1.8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now this word power translated from a Greek word. I know we've talked about it here in church before. It sounds different than it looks. But here's the word. And it's pronounced dunamis. Can you say dunamis? All right, I know we got kids in the room. Can you say dunamis, kids? There you go, dunamis. We want dunamis power. So here's the deal. This word dunamis means explosive power, miraculous power. And you say, what's the big deal about that? Well, you have to remember who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to his disciples. Now, here's interesting. Last Friday in, in one of my men's groups, we were talking about this idea of how we needed to be men of faith and about what a great example the, the disciples were because of all this stuff they did after Jesus left them. And, and then we got to thinking about, well, what about when Jesus was here? I mean, as we said, they were with him all day long. They lived with him. They traveled with him, did ministry with him for over three years. We know this because we read all about it in the Gospels. And not one time do we read Jesus saying something like, great job, guys. You are such men of faith. I'm so lucky to have you as my disciples. You guys are the bomb. Nope, 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 nope. Didn't happen. Instead, Jesus always said stuff like this. Don't you guys get it? I am right here with you and you still have such little faith. So both of these are true. What changed? What changed? The Holy Spirit came Right before he ascended, he gave an incredible promise, Jesus did. He said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will live inside of you and you will have power, dunamis power like you can't even imagine. And that power will allow you to be my witnesses all over the world. I mean, think about this. This is Jesus and 12 dudes in a room, a little room, in a little house, in a little town 2,000 years ago. And today... There are millions and millions of people all over the world declaring the lordship of Jesus Christ in churches just like this one. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came. He came on very ordinary people with the extraordinary power of God. And listen to me, the same powerful spirit is available today to all who believe. And so what I want to do is for the rest of our time together, share with you three ways that the Holy Spirit empowers your life today. If you're going to take notes, you can text the letters LG for listening guide to 642123 and follow along and it'll be great. But the Holy Spirit gives you the power to, number one, directly receive guidance. Directly receive guidance. So in John 14, 26, it says, but the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. The Spirit will teach you. 
Spirit will, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. One of the truly great benefits of having the Spirit living inside of us is this, that we directly receive guidance from him. In fact, what does a counselor do? A counselor gives advice. A counselor gives direction. A counselor leads you to the best course of action. So when you don't know where to go or what to do or what to say or, man, even how am I going to make it through the day, the power of the Holy Spirit can guide you to walk in the will of God. Let me illustrate this way. A lot of you guys know that before I was campus pastor, I, I led worship here for a long time, like over 20 years. And um, that means I did it a long time ago when we didn't have all the technology. So uh, we used to have these giant speakers on the stage, just stage monitors is what we call them. And so there'd be giant speakers blasting the music at you, but we couldn't hear it on stage. And so we had these giant speakers on stage blasting back at us so that we could hear what we were doing. And then you inevitably there was a volume war because we'd want to hear more and they would turn this up, which meant you guys couldn't hear and they would turn it up and the sound men were pulling their hair out. It was crazy. And so what they did about 15 or so years ago, they came out with a dimension called in-ear monitors. And so you've seen them on the camera. You see the musicians, you see the singers, they're wearing in-ear monitors. And so it allowed us to take all these big speakers off the stage so all of a sudden they can hear everything they need to hear and we can optimize everything so that you guys hear what you hear. Better experience for everybody. And after they had done that for a while, one of the first things they came up with, they realized that we you couldn't hear what we hear, so we could add more to our ears. And so if you're a musician, you know how important tempo is and a, and a metronome. So the first thing they started adding was a click track, was tempo. And it helps the band play together. It helps the band play together. We don't speed up. We don't slow down. We don't fall apart. Nobody gets lost because we're right there on time. So once again, it helps the band play better. helps you guys. And then right at the end of my time when I was in, in the band, they came out with something called the music director, all right? And, you know, just like a director would be in front of an orchestra and he'd be directing like this, that you'll notice usually there's a guy on stage that has a microphone in front of him and he's not singing. That's what he's doing. He's just prompting the band. So he'll be saying, hey, here comes that chorus. Let's get loud. Hey, remember, we're emphasizing the two and the four on this. Hey, here's the bridge. It starts on the sixth chord. He's just kind of being that voice, helping guide the band along their ways. And I'll tell you, the first time that I was standing right here on this stage and I'm singing and some dude starts talking in my ear, it was weird. It was weird. But I realized it was for my good because what's that voice doing? That voice is prompting me. That voice is leading me. That voice is, is guiding me so I don't mess up the song, so I do everything right. And so in a similar way, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, he begins to to prompt you and to lead you and to guide you. He will teach you. He will remind you of everything that God has told you so that you can walk in his will. But the part is you have to be listening. You have to be listening. And the longer you practice listening, the easier and more natural that that gets. So your question may be, how does that work? How does that work in real life, Howard? Let's just say you're trying to make an important decision. And we all have those, right? We have different times in our lives. We have important decisions we have to make. And you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. And so you pray about it. And then you listen. And sometimes the answer comes quickly. That's glorious when that happens. But sometimes it doesn't. So what do you do? You go back and you pray about it and you listen. And you pray about it and you listen and you continue to do that until the voice of the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you or impress upon you what you should do. 
Or maybe you're walking by somebody. You know how this works. You're walking by somebody, you see them, and all of a sudden you've got this feeling right here. You know that you're supposed to go talk to them. I'm supposed to go talk to them, but you're like, man, I don't do that, God. I don't do that. That's one choice, right? You can just choose to back away and God send somebody else. And then here's the deal. I'm going to warn you. You do that, you get this feeling, and it doesn't go away. And you get home and you still got this feeling. And I'm not saying it's guilt. Although I guess it could lead to guilty feelings. That's just the feeling that you get when you ignore the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, I'm saying you, the best thing to do is just stop and go back. Stop and go back. Go do what you were feeling called to do. Because then that feeling will go away. Now, if you can't, maybe the situation is closed. You can't do it. The next best thing is to confess it and pray about it and vow it. Next time, God, let me be better. That's the first choice you can do. The second choice is you can follow it. You can follow that leading, Right? You can go have that conversation. You can go talk to that person. Because something in your voice, something in your words, something in your experience is going to help that person. That's why the Holy Spirit was prompting you. Or maybe you're going to have a, a tough conversation. I'm a campus pastor, so I, I get into my fair share of those. But you're listening and you just don't know what to say. The last thing you want to do is shoot from the hip or respond in some kind of rushed or angry way. You always want to give wise counsel. You always want to give wise counsel. And so you begin to pray and you ask the Holy Spirit for help. And then you listen. And the Holy Spirit will often supernaturally give you the right words to say. I'll tell you, I've been married a little over 33 years. And my wife will tell me, you weren't this smart when I married you. You know, she... I say, don't blame me. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Still, I mean, I wish, as a pastor, I wish that I could say that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me that it's always loud and clear. Sounds like James Earl Jones. No, I am your father. That's my second Star Wars reference in one sermon. I just want to point that out. You know, but maybe you would say, Howard, go talk to that guy over there. I wish it was like that first. That would be super cool, right? That would be cool. But second thing, it would be so much easier to discern. But it's not like that for me. I don't hear audible voices. Usually it's just a strong impression that I get. However, what is true is that the more I practice listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, the easier it is to directly receive guidance from him. So let me give you another way that you can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. This is point number two. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to prayerfully overcome weaknesses. Prayerfully overcome weaknesses. Romans 8.26 says it this way. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I love this verse because it tells us that when we are weak, the Spirit prays for us. When we are so overwhelmed by life that we don't even know what to say to God, the words just won't even come. The Spirit prays for us that we might have the power to overcome our weaknesses. Let me show you how that works. I have a large yard. It's, it's a little less than two acres. And so there is grass, weeds, poison ivy, Satan's favorite tree, the pine tree, um, a lot of those two. And my yard, and even worse, my driveway, 
are, 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 just, are just littered with these massive amounts of leaves and pine needles. And because my driveway sits lower than the street, there's all this mud and dirt that, that, that wash in. And then I blow off the lawnmower. And oh my gosh, it's an absolute mess. And, I, and so what I've always done is I've always gone and got my push broom. Got a big old push broom. And I get out there and I sweep it into piles. And then I have a big dustpan, and I scrape it up, and I put it in the garbage can. And I'm just saying that after you've been mowing for a few hours, that's brutal. But not long ago, my wife got me a works leaf blower, and that thing is awesome. Now I can blow everything up to one big pile. I put on the bag, I flip the switch, and all of a sudden, I'm sucking up the pile. I don't even have to pull the broom out of the garage. I think of the Holy Spirit kind of like my works leaf blower. In a very real way, the Holy Spirit gives us power to deal with our situations. Whenever we feel weak, whenever we feel overwhelmed, whenever we feel like we're unable to do something on our own. One example that, that I can give you real quick, I'm thinking of the best way to say it, but growing up, my dad cursed a lot. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Perhaps you recognize this scene. This is from the movie, A Christmas Story. And, and Ralphie says this, the main character says this about his dad, and I love it. He says, my dad worked in profanity like other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. I'm telling you, the first time I heard that, I laughed out loud because that's, that's my life. That, that was my life growing up. And, you know, we weren't a church-going family, and so I just naturally assumed that's the way it is. You start as a boy, you start to learn these things, you grow up, and when you're a man, this is how you're going to talk. And so I'm hanging out with my friends, that's what we did. We're playing basketball, that's what we did. My band went out of band, that's what we did. That's the way that we were. And then I, I met Charlene, we started going to church, and, and I realized I didn't want to talk like that anymore. I didn't think it was right. And so I began to pray about it. And, and, and I knew it was a habit. It became very evident to me. I knew it was a habit. It was going to be a hard habit to break. And so I started praying about it. I'd like to tell you that it was instantaneous. It was an immediate success. It wasn't. But I'll tell you what, that process of achieving the victory over that did start immediately. And at some point, cursing became a distant memory. Now, you can ask my wife, you can ask my kids. My oldest son's 31 years old. He's never heard me do that, ever, because I don't do it. So was it like something I solved myself? I was with my supersonic Howard willpower? No, it's because I made it an item of prayer. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to stop doing it. And here's the deal. I believe that wherever you are weak, wherever you are weak, the Holy Spirit can help you overcome. You may be a parent. You'd be thinking, man, I don't know what to do with these kids. They're driving me crazy. Kids, they wouldn't really say that about you. Just let me tell you that. But if you were saying that, it's too much. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit can give you patience to deal with the things you have to deal with. Maybe it's a work thing. Maybe you got this big presentation. Your group elected you. You're the spokesperson. You're going to go pitch our idea. And you're terrified. You say, man, every time I get in front of people, I panic. I freeze. And my voice starts shaking. The Holy Spirit can help you to be calm. 
The Holy Spirit can help you to have peace. Maybe you have some sort of repetitive sin in your life and you can't overcome it, man. You've been trying for years. You've been pulling out the push broom and you've been trying to get things cleaned up, but you need the leaf blower. The Holy Spirit can give you power where you are weak, but you have to call on him and you have to make it an item of daily prayer. All right, I got one more for you. This is number three. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to boldly share your faith. Boldly share your faith. 1 Corinthians 2.4 says this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. At New Hope Church, our mission is simply to know Christ and to make him known. But that's not just the staff's mission. It's for every one of us. Jesus commanded us in, in the Great Commission in, in Matthew 28. He said, go, go and make disciples. Now, I know that this can be intimidating. It can be intimidating just to reach out and invite somebody to church. It can be absolutely knee-rattling to actually think about sharing your testimony with them or telling them what God has done in your life. In fact, I think the biggest obstacle that we have to overcome when it comes to talking about God and sharing our faith is fear. Many people are, are, are just afraid. What's that other person going to think? What are they going to say? Or maybe we're afraid that we're going to say something wrong and we're going to mess it up. Well, according to Scripture, we don't have to be afraid because we have power. Deuteronomy's power, God's word behind us. And so we don't have to, to be persuasive. We just have to be persistent. And when we are, the Holy Spirit uses us to impact other people. Real quick, I want to talk about a couple of my buddies, a couple of guys I know that really inspire me in this area. Two guys who love the Lord and are constantly answering the Lord's call when it comes to being persistent and being ready. This is Dennis Velick over here. This is EZ Zermino. Both these guys go to the Alvin campus. I got the opportunity to know them a few years ago when I joined a Friday morning men's Bible study. And these two guys are on the front line. They are the pictures of persistent, but here's the deal. They do it in totally different ways, totally different ways. So Dennis here, he's cool, man. He's laid back, easygoing, very chill. He's a sales rep, and so he is often entertaining clients, taking clients out to lunch, all that kind of stuff. And every time he starts with this, he said, do you mind if I pray for our meal? He said he's never had anyone say no, and many times they'll thank him later. But what he's realized is that in a very gentle and respectful way, he communicates two very important things. One, I'm a Christian. Two, I believe in the power of prayer. He said that approach has opened so many doors for him to be able to share his faith. Sometimes people start spilling immediately. They're spilling prayer requests and things going on before they even get to dessert. But sometimes it's years later and they're going through something now and they will circle back to Dennis and ask him to pray. And at that point, the door is wide open 
He can now ask questions. He can check back with them. He can continue praying for them. He can talk about what the Lord can do in their lives and in his life. And it is amazing how many people that he's affected like that. It's actually kind of funny. I feel a little guilty saying this, but in our group, we go around the table and take prayer requests at the end, and we used to kind of make a joke out of it. We'd say, all right, Dennis, who's in the hospital this week? Whose marriage are we trying to save this week, Dennis? But if you ask Dennis, he'd say, man, there's nothing special about me. It's just my job to plant the seed. It's the Holy Spirit's job to water that seed. And then we come to easy. It's hard for me to even say that without chuckling. If you knew him, you would know why. Easy is a different kind of cat, man. He really is. He is what I call a high-volume communicator. And I don't mean high-volume like loud. I mean frequency. He is always talking. He has got the gift of gab. In fact, I think the, 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 the rarest sightings in nature are Bigfoot, uh, Loch Ness Monster, the Chupacabra, and easy not talking to somebody. I'm telling you, it is a rare deal. People who have actually traveled with Easy tell me that he can't even stop at the gas station without talking to somebody about Jesus and, and starting to share his testimony with people. So this here, true story, true story. He once was on his way to a job interview, stopped at a convenience store, got into a conversation, shared his testimony about what God has done in his life, and when the conversation ran long, he blew off the job interview. I kid you not. That's the kind of guy he is. But even EZ readily admitted to me that initially he was fearful about talking to people about that kind of stuff. And he said, but then I begin to consider what God has done in my life, everything that he has done. And he said he realized that this was his why. This was his purpose. This was his reason that God left him here was so that he could talk to other people like this. And so he began to pray. He began to ask the Holy Spirit to make him bolder. And he said, at some point, I could feel God saying to me, I got you. I got you. You just go and do your part. And so both of these guys, both of these guys, they told me that the longer they've been doing this, the longer they've been following the prompting and the leading of the Holy Spirit in this way, the clearer it has become to hear him. They say it's easier to discern when there's somebody they need to speak to or pray with or be willing to share their story with. Easy said this really cool line. He said, it's very common for him that he'll be in the middle of one of these conversations and this reality just washes over him. This conversation was not an accident. The Holy Spirit brought us together for this purpose. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? What are we supposed to do with this? I, I want you to understand that, that being able and willing to share your faith, being able and willing to pray with people, being able and willing to invite people to church, that's what we've been called to do. That's the assignment we've been given. Jesus said, go, go and make disciples. I know that that's scary. But guess what? Now you know. Now you know. And now that you know, what are you prepared to do? The simplest thing would be just to start praying and asking God, who is my one? Who's my one? Who's the person, God, that you are putting in my life that you want me to, you want me to invite them to church? 
School, right around the corner. That means the movie series is right around the corner. Movie series is our biggest invite series of the year. Who are you inviting? Let me say this. If I bump into you in the lobby and I ask you for a name, you should have one. You should have the name of who your one is. That's the first step. And then I want to encourage you to do something else. I want to encourage you to be prepared. Be prepared to share your story. The Bible tells us always be prepared to give reason for the hope that you have. If God has done something powerful in your life, and if you're in this room and you're a Christian, then he has, then the Holy Spirit is prompting you to be prepared to share your story. And here's a great exercise. Write it down. Write it down. But here's the caveat. One page. You don't need pages and pages of every place you've ever lived and every person did you wrong and every person that influenced your life and all, that, all these things. You don't need that. You need one page, just the highlights. That's it. What was my life like before I met Jesus? How did I meet Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit? What's my life like since then? That's it. Just the highlights, one page. But be prepared. Be prepared to share your story. All right, the campus pastors, I got to just tell you, we've been really excited through this whole series. We spent a lot of time together coming up with what we wanted to do and what we wanted, what, what text we wanted to get into and what we wanted to share. And we have had a great time leading this series. And we are so excited as a group to see what's going to happen. What's going to happen in your life? What's going to happen in the lives of your ones now that you know, now that you know how to be sure of your salvation? Now that you know how to walk in obedience, now that you know how to love one another, now that you know how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm just saying, don't sit on the sidelines. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. The Bible says Jesus came that we would have life, have life to the full. Don't settle for less. You have to engage. You have to get in the game. You got to jump in and just see what God has in store for you. I'm telling you, I love you guys so much. I love you all. And I am so excited I got to be here with you today. If you would, please stand with me. If you've never taken that first step, if you've never put your trust in Jesus if you don't know that you know that you're saved, I invite you to come down as soon as we finish. We're going to have prayer partners down here at the front of the stage that would love to talk with you and pray with you and answer questions and whatever they could do to help lead you. Or maybe you have the Holy Spirit, but you're in that camp we talked about. You're not in touch with him. He's not leading your life. You're not walking in God's will. Come down and get some prayer. You can't do it all with your supersonic willpower. Come on down. Come get some prayer. Let the Holy Spirit begin to lead you and keep you on God's path. God has a plan for us, has a plan for us all. And we, we mess up all the time, guys. Mess up all the time. But God's forgiveness sees through that. And if we tune into the Holy Spirit, he can help get us where we need to go. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, so much, so much for everything that you do. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you would love us enough to live inside of us. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's hard to even get our head around sometimes, God. 
My prayer is, God, that we would kind of get out of your way, quit fighting you, that we would tap into that power, that dunamis power, God, that you have given us. Help us to be able to change our lives and change others' lives, God. Help us to be able to boldly share and invite people to come to know you. We know that's why we're here. We know that's our command. God, help us, help us, help us follow through on that, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. You guys be back next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.